We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. Welcome back to Overnight America. I gotta say, I'm a fan of the Hill. It's one of those great neighborhoods in the city of St. Louis. A lot of great uh, people there, a lot of great memories there and history there. And joining us now is a local author who has documented that neighborhood. It's called The Hill, the St. Louis's Italian-American neighborhood. Lynn Marie Alexander, thank you for coming on to KMOX. Ryan, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. You know what I like about the Hill? It's neat that there's been an effort to preserve its history, and you see a lot of times the families passing the homes down to the family members. So you see generations of Italian immigrants that are still living there based on just in general the tradition they want to uphold in that area. And there's been a great effort to try to keep that feel there. I love that about the Hill. Well, that would be me as well. I happen to be living in my great-grandparents' home, which has been in my family since 1907. And we're on one of those plots that have a house in the front and house in back. So in the back is the larger of the houses, I might say, that my mom still lives in. And that's the house that she grew up in. And so it's really convenient for me. She's independent, but we are looking forward to the time when she may need a little bit of assistance, but I'm literally at her back door. So, and that's not uncommon here on the Hill. Oh, wow. That you would think that would be a difficult thing to do, but being at least that close to family members. And I know a lot of people, they look back and they'll say, how in the world did we fit eight family members in this house? You know, the the Hill's (laughs) not necessarily known for these, you know, because Trends change. You know, people started building larger homes. But at the time, this is just the the style of home, and this is just the square footage you would get with a home. So people go back and look at it and say, wow, uh, this is difficult. How how did you fit eight guys into a house like this growing up in the teenage years? You know, sometimes the Italian families got these big families that they got to put around the table there. But they managed. And I I love that about the whole feel of the thing, that there's something, something about it. Yes, yes, that, that's true, that's true, and it's it's amazing, even today still, we, we manage to stuff a lot of people around a small table, but we're the happier <laughs> for it, and, um, and, and we're not alone, I mean, some families still continue to do that as well, but it's also the fact that um, not only were, oftentimes the houses next door to each other were owned by grandparents 
or aunts or uncles. And so two or three houses in a row might all belong to the same family. So there was often shifting of kids back and forth. And and the, the kids themselves, especially from the 20s through the 50s, the kids themselves didn't spend much time at home, I and mean, certainly not in front of the television. So they were out, you know, playing in the streets or playing in the in the parks or or whatever. And so that kind of alleviated some of the energy, you know, that they would be building up if they were stuck at home all the time. Yeah. So they went and worked it out. <laughs> So the book is out called The Hill, St. Louis's Celebrated Italian-American Neighborhood. And since you grew up in the Hill and you have all these great memories, what are some of those things that are special to you about that neighborhood? Um, I think one of the most special things to me is from the neighborhood, but it's also a shared experience, is my family still makes ravioli in the way that my great aunt taught us and the way that her mother taught her. And, and so, and that came back from, that came from their villages in Italy. And it's funny because we, you know, growing up, I thought, oh, it's just us that does that. But now as I'm older and I get to talk to quite a few different people on the Hill from different families, I'm discovering that they do the same thing. And we do it in fairly much the same way, which is, which is kind of fun because even though we've done it independently of each other as family units, we still carry on a very um, honored, time-honored tradition. And, and so it's those kinds of things. I think the other thing that's really cool about living here on the Hill which uh, I'm the director of the Hill Neighborhood Center, and that's where we ha- house our archives. So I'm very interested in Hill history. And I, I cannot tell you how many times I've, I've suffered the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, <laughs> where, <laughs> where people will come in and, and they'll start telling stories. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, wait a second. Somebody was in just here yesterday telling the other part of that story. And you're related to who by how? And, and that's, that's what I love about the Hill is just that intense network of intermarriages and long family histories, both. Um, by marriage, by actual blood, but then also by um, sort of um, adoption, if you will. Some families were poorer than others, and those families that were that were a bit poor, other families would take up the slack and feed the kids, or or even go so far as to to buy them a home um, so that they could pay it back because when they got married, they didn't have enough money to buy the home. And so a neighbor who knew them their whole life would buy the home for them and then let them pay them back to to keep out the bank altogether. And it was done, and and it was all honest and above board. Nobody took advantage of anyone. So uh, it's those kinds of stories that make me very, very proud to be from the Hill and part of this tradition. Well, so how long have you been involved in the neighborhood, at least from an association standpoint, where you were getting together and putting people together to preserve the history? I've been uh, working at the at the Hill Neighborhood Center for four and a half years now. Um, you so have to help me. Home- uh, yeah, you'll have to remind me of the history a little bit because there was a, a specific effort to try to preserve the history of the Hill. It wasn't always a given. It was something that was more or less a more recent push to try to really make sure things like this didn't get lost. So uh, I, I think it's wonderful that there was the interest in the passion in the love of the people there to want to try to preserve that sort of thing. Um, I'm guessing it's, of course, something that you still do to this day. Yes, we still try to preserve it, but what's what's happened is that 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 first and, and second generation have all started to pass, and their kids are now getting to the point where they're getting a bit older as well, and and suddenly it realized on someone like myself. I'm in my fifth fifties, 
something like that. Anyway, I realized that, wait a second, you know, there's some wonderful stories here, and we need to preserve them, and we need to know who was related to who, and we need to know who did what, because those are the, the history of us. And and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be Italian or that your family has had to live here forever. It just means you have to want to know and, and want to participate. And so by by um, preserving it now, um, it really it really does keep us as a community. Great. Do you mind holding on after the break? I'd love to talk sure. to you more about the neighborhood and how it looks now compared to how it looked then. And I, ah, I think it's great. also fascinating because was it earlier this year or last year? From what I understand, there's even some new homes that were being built. And I thought, how in the yes. world are they finding op- like places to build new homes in the hill? But let's talk about those things, too. And I want to talk more stories. I want to hear some more of your stories on the hill. And you can find the book online now or local bookstores, places like that. Reading books, they do a ex- uh, fantastic job when it comes to publishing local and regionally interesting people in topics like the hill, St. Louis's Italian-American neighborhood. And Lynn Marie Alexander, the author of the book, will continue with next on Overnight America KMOX. Get home fast and informed. Total Information PM starts weekdays at 4 on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX and KMOX.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Overnight America. And this is a topic I have a lot of interest in St. Louis's Little Italy, The Hill is the name of the book by Lynn Marie Alexander. Thanks for staying with us uh, this hour on Overnight America. Thank you. I love the idea of the hill. And when my wife and I have a special anniversary date or something when we don't have to worry, we can, uh, you know, someone else can watch the kids or whatever it is, our first place we go to is the hill because the food there is fantastic, delicious, yes. excellent. We uh, yes. tell everyone about that. I'm a big fan of Joya's, but they opened up mm-hmm. another location so that's a little bit closer to where I live, so I don't have to go down to the hill to get it from that Joya's location anymore. But man, there's so much great history in the hill. And I'm curious. Yes. When you go back and, and look at some of the, the great stores, the shops, the restaurants, the ones that have been there for so long, I'm hoping that you uh, covered some of those stories in your book. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, we do mention Joya's um, because it's, it's actually a fabulous success story. The Joya Brothers opened in 1907, I believe. I might have the date a little wrong, but they opened um, in the early 1900s. And it was both a grocer and um, a meat store. And, and the, the, the fun thing that the older people tell me about was that they used to, when they were kids, used to go in, and if one of the Joya brothers was working, they wouldn't let the kids go around the, the penny candy counter and pick out their own candy. <laughs> but yeah. the other brother would. So they tried to go in when they knew the other brother was there working so they could go pick out their own penny candy. <laughs> but, but the Donnelly family bought Joyous in the 1980s, and they have just done a fabulous job in honoring the Joya tradition. And they've actually won a James Beard Award, regional uh, award for keeping alive a regional cuisine and an authentic cuisine. And so um, uh, Alex Donnelly will, will be the first to tell you that they painstakingly keep the Joya recipe. And, and I don't know if this is rumor or not, but Alex, Alex supposedly once claimed that he and his mom can't get on a, the same uh, plane together because they're the only two that know the recipe. <laughs> so if anything were to happen, they have to be separated. 
<laughs> you know what? You know, I talked to him about his uh, joyous some time ago, and he mentioned yes. that building actually used some of the broken up brick from the World's Fair. So that was pretty yes. common. You know, some of those buildings were meant to be destroyed after a certain amount of time. They weren't permanent structures. So you would recycle materials like that. And they said some of those bricks even in the building were used. Yes, and that's common throughout the hill. Um, some, not only the bricks, but some of the wood was used from the different structures in Forest Park, and and it was just a, another example of immigrants being um, creative and in, in taking advantage of opportunity to be able to build better homes for themselves and a better life for themselves. Yeah. So, well, how has life changed on the hill from when you were a kid to where you are today? Um, I think I don't I don't hear as much uh, Italian being readily spoken, and I think part of that is because our our ancestors, my my grandparents included, only spoke to us in English. They they spoke to each other in Italian, but they wanted to be sure that that we understood that we were American citizens first. And part of that was that then um, they wanted us to, to know the language of, of the country in which we now lived. And so they kind of actually discouraged us from learning Italian. And it's, it's, it's sad because the only thing that we end up knowing are like little colloquialisms or, you know, the, the Italian word for hat or T-shirt or something like that. But, but we don't really know. Um, we, were, we couldn't hold a conversation in Italian. Uh, and there, so do you have any brothers? I do. I have three older brothers, yes. Okay, so I'm guessing they at least learned the swear words. Well, I wasn't going to say that, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a guy thing, of course, if you're growing up in an Italian family and you're a boy. Oh, you know the swear words. Um, well, the you girls know, I know had... them, but we're just not supposed to say them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, um, I grew up with a very close friend of mine, and his family owned an Italian bakery. His dad came from Sicily. His mom mm -hmm. also... I don't think she was born in Italy. I have to double check that, but uh, both 100% Italian. And he grew up at the bakery helping with the family and things. And the only yeah. time they would hear them speak Italian, because they were fluent in both languages, was when they were fighting. So they would be in the back yelling about something in Italian so the kids would understand them. And then they'd come out like normal speaking uh, English. Right. Well, and that was so common. I mean, I remember as a young girl walking down the street and two older ladies would be talking in English and then I would come up close to them and they'd switch to Italian. So I asked my grandpa how to say I understand in Italian just so I could be, a, you know, a little brat and walk by and say I understand. <laughs> Even though I didn't understand a word they were saying, just to say it to them. <laughs> oh, that's great. And I love those type of um, stories there. And it, it's it's what a fine tradition on the Hill yeah. to see the yeah. multi-generation still living in their neighborhood today. Um, and, and since you start to talk about the preservation of the history on the Hill, I mean, when you go down, you see the landmarks, you see the signage on the lampposts, and you see a lot of the old buildings that still keep that tradition. I also notice that there's some new homes that get built there. And I thought, how in the world are they fitting new homes into this? It seems like a lot of times how, there's not enough space to build a new home. But here we are. Was it earlier this year or late last year? They made the announcement they started building all these new homes. Yes. Oh, well, there's two. That's actually two answers to that question. The first answer is that some of those homes that were built with the 1904 materials, um, they're just they just really are no longer able to be rehabbed, and so they do need to be teared down. They just haven't been cared for. So there are new homes being very creatively built in the old footprint. 
So you'll see three-story houses with um, creative interior design and use of space to, to fit the modern family. And they're beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. And then the, the second is really the last big space that's left on the hill. And that used to be an old factory, part of the Magic Chef uh, stove hmm. factory. And, and amongst other things were in there as well. And, and so that whole big plot of land has, was sat actually since I was a child, so a good 50 years, it just sat. And yeah. finally, um, it was, the deals were made and the, the land was remediated. And so now um, McBride's, uh, McBride is building um, new homes there on, in that spot that used to be the old factory. Wow. So I think there are 32 new new homes, um, two-story and three-story homes. But they are also in keeping with the idea of the hill in that they are kind of shotgun style. Uh, they're a little bit narrow uh, and long. And and so they, McBride did a good job trying to keep the flavor of the hill in, in their new subdivision. You know what I notice, too, whenever we come down and, you know, you park on the street and then you take a nice little walk is that you can sometimes, during a nice summer night, see people sitting on their porch, and you can get a little peek of what life is like in that neighborhood and get a real feel for it. And I, that's kind of cool. It's always nice. It's You don't feel, to me, uh, if you're walking to the restaurant through a neighborhood where there's homes, it just adds a different feeling than if you were to go to like a downtown area where you park in a parking garage and walk by a bunch of concrete. It's a whole different feel. And I think that's kind of the the beauty. It's kind of why the neighborhood has that sort of type of uh, joy to it. Well, and it makes us feel special, too. I mean, think of it from our perspective when people are, uh, because I think people don't understand how clearly their voices bounce around in these narrow streets. And so when we're sitting on the porch, we get to hear the conversations that are going by in front of us. So that's amusing as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we get to see it from that perspective. But the idea of, of joy is, is very much there. There's always like, oh, I wonder, and look at that, and oh, isn't that pretty? And that's always nice to hear. Those are, those are very nice comments to hear, and those are very common comments to hear. Yeah, well sought off areas. Does it seem like there's always a lot of interest when people are searching for a home? They're they're going to check out the hill. Yes, yes, there is. It's it's a it is a, a lovely place to live. Um, it's not it's not as exclusive as people think it is. Um, sometimes it's really just darn luck and be having the right money at the right time for the right place. Um, but there is an element that we still do keep our families, keep our homes in the families. And I think that's sometimes what gets, what frustrates, um, buyers that are new to the neighborhood is they don't always understand that, uh, well, why did that person get that house? Well, because they're a third cousin. That's why they got the house. (laughs) You know, so, so there, there is, that tradition is still strong that we, we, you know, we, we, want our families to be close to us and i think that's Mm -hmm. normal for anybody really so i got to imagine there's a lot of chatter on the block when a home goes up for sale you're like oh did you see look who's going to sell in your home it's like everyone's everyone talks because it's they're so close it's a it's a well tight-knit type of relationship with the neighbors yes 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 (laughs) well i mean i think i think that that's where the the the, living in the hill is a real double-edged sword in that um, when you live here, uh, everybody knows your business, right? But on the other hand, when you live here, everybody knows your business. And if you're in trouble, 
everybody rallies around you. Hmm. You know, and I Go think on. that's the beauty of it is that you're you're never alone here, especially when you don't need to be alone. Oh, that's great. Let's uh keep talking. Do you mind holding on after the break? Sure. Yeah, so the book is called The Hill. You can find it out now. There's many different places you can get to it. And The Hill, St. Louis's Little Italy, it's a local uh, book regional. And, uh, of course, local author Lynn Marie Alexander will continue with her after the weather coming up next on Overnight America KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Overnight America continues, and I'm glad that producer Mike is enjoying himself with the bumper music here tonight. This is great. <laughs> Joining us is Lynn Marie Alexander, author of The Hill, St. Louis's Italian American Neighborhood. My grandma uh, is Italian, 100%. Uh, she passed away some years ago, but whenever we would go to her house, it was always Luciano Pavarotti. She loved the opera music <laughs> in the house. Yes. Yes. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that. I, what did your mom listen to, and what, what did she like growing up? Well, it's funny. I mean, my mom is in her 80s, so she really was um, growing up in the 1950s, and she really was the new generation of Americans that could care less about Italian music. <laughs> but, <laughs> but just for fun, we would listen to Aunt Carmela's favorites, <laughs> which Aunt would, would be favorites. Uh, Aunt Carmela's favorites, which would be um, you know. Uh, fun renditions of O Solo Mio and, and the, all of those sort of pop Italian songs from the <laughs> 40s and 50s. <laughs> what a great genre, pop Italian. That's something you don't hear too often on the radio. So on the Hill, and, and you write about it, I should probably make sure people know where they can find this. What's the best place people can look up your book? Well, they can look it up. Actually, we, there's two places they can look it up, through the Hill Neighborhood Center which would be www.hillstl.org or through Reedy Press's website. Mm -hmm. And Reedy is spelled Mm -hmm. R-E-E-D-Y. Yeah, they do a really good job. I I, I like Reedy Press. 
this book has um they they did an absolute phenomenal job on the design and putting together the pictures and laying it all out it's a beautiful beautiful book yeah good people over at reedy press yes absolutely um, so some of the different stories of course there's famous people and i think yogi berra might be the most famous to to live on the hill would that be a fair assessment uh, the most, yes, the most notable famous person that most most people know who he is. Uh, but he's, he, um, not only him, though, there's also Joe Garagiola. Mm-hmm. And he was a St. Louis Cardinal and then went on to be a broadcaster. He was also yeah. on um, uh, Good Morning America and was a guest host on Johnny Carson. So oh, that I didn't was, know that about him. Yeah, oh, my gosh. There is this fabulous, fabulous clip where... It, Joe Garagiola is being the guest host on the Johnny Carson show, and he has as his guests Yogi Berra and one of the local women from the Hill who became a rockette in New York City, and her her name was Tony Carroll, and Joe Joe sets it up because Yogi was just I mean he was such a sweet man and painfully shy, so Yogi uh, Joe sets it up so that Tony comes out and starts singing. Um, Oh, oh, one of the, one of the, oh, it just hits me. Anyway, one of the Italian songs. And so she's getting, trying to get Yogi to sing it with her. And she's half sitting on his lap. And Yogi is just so embarrassed. And Joe's about falling out of his chair, laughing so hard. It's on YouTube. You just got to, so it's Tony Carroll. It's T-O-N-I-C-A-R-R-O-L-L is how you spell her name. And it's, and it's Joe being the guest host on the Johnny Carson show. Oh my gosh, it's one of the funniest things you've ever seen. It's just so sweet. And it's so it tells you about the personalities of the hill in just one three minute segment. <laughs> oh wow. That's a must watch. I can't wait to look at that during the break. It's the very first thing I'll be doing. What great stories there. Uh, well so what are some of the different stories that maybe you didn't know about the neighborhood before you wrote the book? I didn't know I didn't realize that in the nineteen twenties. Um, the Hill was the center for quite a few um, Golden Glove boxing uh, tournaments and some champions. Who knew? But it's and then it almost sounds so stereotypical because we're next to the Irish neighborhood and then here are the Italian neighborhoods and we have all these Golden Glove boxers. But I didn't know that that there were so many Golden Glove boxers at, at, um, on the Hill at that time in the twenties, and there was actually wow. a club called Joyas. I don't believe it was related to the Joyas Deli family. It was a different family, but I I didn't know that, and I thought that was kind of cool. That is pretty neat. See, the <laughs> things that you start to find out. And then some of those yeah. sites, um, where would they have held those matches on the Hill? Do you know what the location would I have don't, been? I can't find where the club is, so that's that's my next thing. It's, it is um, somewhere around the Shaw-Macklin area, but in the 1920s, that area was very, very different. There was no highway. Uh, River de Pere had a rickety bridge at best. So, you know, trying to actually pinpoint that location. So, but it was somewhere around the Shaw-Macklin streets. And I'm sure at some point you may have a caller coming in saying, I know where that was. And that would be great because <laughs> that will help me with my research. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's your uh, favorite food on the Hill? What's your personal preferences? Well, anything that's cooked in my mama's kitchen. Perfect. And you said she's great when it comes to ravioli. That's her famous dish. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're yeah. the first one that got that without a beat. You didn't skip a beat on that one. 
Well, that's what you mentioned with the ravioli. If people come and yeah. they want to learn how to make it her style, you know, my grandma, she she loved gnocchi, so she, you yes. know, she would have these big butcher block tables, and then she would right. put it, put all the flour down on the table, and she would just like yes. mash it and get it all to get the potato dough or whatever, and she'd do it right there on the table, and she'd get it all prepared right there. I miss those days. Those were just wonderful memories. Yes, and gnocchi in itself is an art. It really is. I mean, I think even more so than ravioli. But maybe I wasn't raised because I wasn't raised in the gnocchi tradition. But oh my goodness, a really good gnocchi is a piece of de- definitely a piece of art. It's really yeah, good. And, and that's the thing. It's when I remember it as a kid, and as I become an adult, I realized, yeah, I it's it does taste great when someone else makes it. But the whole idea of the way that she prepared it and the style and the way that she knew how to prepare it, the expert and the knowledge that she just did it for so many years. I've never been able to find anyone that can replicate it in a way that's any better. And she absolutely had the world's best. Yes. I'm sure a lot of people have that same memory with their parents, I'm guessing. Yes. Well, I mean, I know that for us growing up, um, we we didn't go to eat in Italian restaurants because we were kind of like, why? You know, it just didn't, it didn't make any sense to go eat. You know, you can, some other cuisine, but why? You know? and, and to some degree, that's still true today. Though, know? I mean, that it's just a cuisine that you grow up with. Well, it's a nor ours is a northern cuisine that you grow up with, and you just kind of know um, how to do it and what it's supposed to taste like. And nobody can do yeah. it better than you know what you know, right? Yeah. So do you have control over zoning and things in the hill? Is there that sort of um, way that you try to keep the hill, have it the feel it has? Um, yes and no. The the, the zoning um, controls that we have are the same in, as any other city neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, we we are, the hill is a mixed-use neighborhood, and it's zoned that way, meaning that residents can exist alongside businesses. But the businesses do have to get permission to, say, for example, sell alcohol if they want to open a new restaurant. They have to get permission to get an, a liquor license. Or they have to get permission if they want to um, uh, extend their property, I mean, even by a couple feet for, what, feet for whatever reason. And so in that sense, the, the Hill is, is very coordinated in um, uh, talking to each other and deciding whether or not this business would be good for them or not. And, and mm-hmm. then acting on that, either either by, by, you know, trying to block the business because they don't think it would be good or just letting it happen. So, for example, there is a new pizzeria coming in, which I mm-hmm. know that you love pizza, especially at 3 a.m. So <laughs> um, <laughs> it's Pizzeria de Gloria, and it's on Marconi um, across the street from Milo's. I only use that reference because everyone knows where Milo's is. And so they are there that's going to be a new pizzeria and they had to go through the that that process where so many feet around their so many yards or whatever around their business they had to ask all of those neighbors for permission to be able to um uh, apply for a license a liquor license so there was another initiative of quite a few years ago where there was supposed to be a drive-in theater and that was going to be on the corner of Wilson and January. And the city, the neighborhood rallied and said, no, absolutely not. We don't want a drive-in theater in our neighborhood. And so it's uh, those tools, though, are available to any neighborhood. It's just that we happen to be pretty well coordinated when it comes to things like that. Yeah, I, I can't imagine traffic-wise or just space-wise how you'd be able to facilitate that 
safely without driving everyone crazy. But, you know, more or less, I think about when people think today about Italian restaurants, they think about chains like Olive Garden. And I thought, oh, please, I could imagine what a neighborhood like the Hill would do if they tried to come knocking and getting in there. <laughs> we wouldn't be, yeah, no. no we, va- we value our family traditions too much. <laughs> but this, this, this is a source of pride, you know, is that, that we don't have any box stores in, in our neighborhood. And that, that mm. we were very proud of that as well. I mean, if you want to count Walgreens, I guess at the edge of the neighborhood, you can. But the the pharmacy that we did have for a short while was an independently owned owned pharmacy. So you know we're we're, hap- we're happy to have local business and local entrepreneurs. But mm-hmm. you know a box chain just really isn't for us. Yeah, you got a nice park there, the Barra Park. Yes. Yeah, and yes. so there's there's all kinds of great things in this neighborhood. Lots mm-hmm. of great churches too. I bet. Well, there are. So, of course, there's St. Ambrose. And, but then we have this, um, the Korean, it's called the Bansuk Church. It's a Korean Baptist church. And it's right on the, uh, on the edge of the hill, on Botanical. And that used to be the Italian Evangelical Church. So oh, in, in the, the local lore was that um, they called it the Rabbit Church. <laughs> all, all the Catholics called it the Rabbit Church because it has two spires. So Catholics are used to having just the one spire, right? This church architecturally has two, but it was it was actually built and formed by a man named Adelini, and he was he was a Protestant, and he was evangelical, and so he he formed that church, and it it was it ran for several decades, and finally the church. Um, um, he passed and the church kind of dwindled and the Korean Baptists have owned it and run it as a Baptist church for, um, uh, gosh, at least 30 years. So it's, it's really interesting, me, uh, isn't it? <laughs> you've really, um, you've done a few things here and I got to say, it's been a little while since I've been on the Hill. I think it's difficult to make it out because of what happened when a lot of the restaurants were trying to figure out how they were going to adapt to COVID. The last time I was there, I went over to Shaw's Coffee Shop. And is, so is Shaw's the one that has the giant bank vault inside of it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, yes, it used to be the Regio building, yes. Yeah, right. And then, of course, I, I swung down while I was in the neighborhood to get some Joyas on the way back. I had to. Anytime I'm close to it, of I'm going to go to Joyas. And <laughs> uh, it makes me... Even having conversations like this makes me want to go back. It's like, man, I really miss that area. And the thing is, I've only lived in St. Louis three and a half years, so I don't know a lot of the different individual neighborhoods, and people bring them up. But I would say of the individual neighborhoods, I've probably been to the Hill the most. Uh, Do you mind, after the break, we can wrap things up, talk a little bit more about the Hill and your book? Absolutely, yes. Great, thank you. You can find online now uh, The Hill, St. Louis's Little Italy. You can do a search for Lynn Marie Alexander, the local author of that book. And we'll continue our conversation with her next on Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com <laughs> What is this? Hold on. Put this back up. I want to hear this a little bit more. Wait, so hold on. Laura Branigan took Gloria from this song. Is that right? Here, turn it up a little bit. I got to hear it more. (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> this needs to be incorporated somewhere in the hill. I had no oh idea that goodness. the Laura Branigan classic song that the blues used and brought back to yes. popularity is originally an Italian yes. song. <laughs> oh, that will make some of our businessmen on the hill very, very happy. Um, oh, I we bet. have one. He has a, a an old antique fire truck, and and that's always part of the parades on the hill. And and so he's uh, painted it um, blues blue, and and Blair's Gloria because he's such a blues fan. Blair's Gloria. So now he, I'm encouraging him to get the Italian version of Gloria. <laughs> Please, yes. So the hill, St. Louis's Little Italy, is the book, and Lynn Marie Alexander for just a couple more minutes here. And I got to, um, I, I get this wrong. It, do you pronounce it bocce ball, or is it pronounced different? We call it bochi ball, and and we yes we uh, so and and we're we're unfortunately not um, afraid of correcting anyone who says it. (laughs) It says it differently, but I understand that in Chicago they call it bocce, and in New York they call it bocce. So we you know we bounce around why that is, and we're not sure. Perhaps it could be because of a dialect. We have different dialects um, on the hill, um, so some of our words are we say them differently than. Uh, so if you're from the north of Italy, uh, the northern dialect versus the southern dialect, and so mm-hmm. we're only guessing. We don't know why why we say it differently, but you're on the hill, and that's the way we say it. So that's it. <laughs> yeah, and on the hill, is there any difference between someone that was born in the boot or someone that was born in Sicily? Does it matter? Well, um, it, on the hill, for the most part, um, we we come from two fairly distinct parts of Italy. In general, uh, we come from the nor- from the north in the area around uh, Milan, and then we also come from the south in uh, from Sicily, um, mostly around the Palermo region, though not exclusively from around the Palermo region in in Sicily, and nice and so, so when. When you mention um, the the, hills, the book's title, you say Little Italy. Actually, the Sicilian um, immigrants formed a Little Italy in downtown St. Louis in the um, in the around the turn of the century as well. And so that they called themselves there the Little Italy. But we in the on the hill, we've always called ourselves the Hill. Or Blue Ridge is another way, or, or um, Cheltenham, but mostly the hill. And so it's 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 a, it's a different. There are two different places. So the hill mm-hmm. is different from Little Italy in in St. Louis history. I see. Very interesting. Italian history. Yes. Uh, you know. <laughs> um, so the book. I want to make sure anyone that enjoyed this conversation has a chance to get this book. So what? Again, what are the best places for people to look up the hill? Well, um, you can look it up through our our Hill neighborhood website, which is www.hillstl.org, or through Reedy Press's website. You can get the book in either place, Mm -hmm. and Reedy Press is R-E-E-D-Y Press. So you just Google it, and it'll take you right to them. So the book is The Hill, St. Louis' Celebrated Italian-American Neighborhood, 
Lynn Marie Alexander is the author. I love talking stories like this, and it just gets me motivated to get down to the hill again sometime soon. Um, that's got to be nice and uh, a nice feel for it. And I know there's a lot of pride uh, among yes. the people that live there in the traditions yes. and being able to keep it up. What I'm really impressed is that just how many people in that neighborhood were able to come together and stand up together in order to try to preserve the history of it and how successful you guys have been doing that. So bravo, yes. great work there. Well, and our newest our newest addition is the Piazza Emo. I don't know if, if you've managed to get to see that. It's a directly across from the church, and it's a piazza in the traditional Italian sense. And we have a huge fountain. It's gorgeous, imported from Italy. And then there's a nice uh, benches and places. There's even chess tables that you can sit and happily next door there is a gelateria where you can get some gelato and enjoy it in the in the piazza so it's it's worth just coming down just to even just to relax and take a little stroll around the hill and and enjoy the piazza too awesome and i gotta say i really enjoyed our conversation here and we're going to post it up online and again if anyone's interested the hill st louis's celebrated italian american neighborhood you can find the book with author lynn marie alexander Thank you so much for coming on and spending a full hour well, thank with us. You. I had a lot of fun. It was fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. And she joins us on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. Wow, wasn't that great? Oh, I love the hill. Such a great place. All right, when we come back, uh, I want you to welcome our guest. We'll talk about George H.W. Bush and his relationship and friendship with James Baker, what that meant for those two Texas Titans. And Charles Denyer joins us on Overnight America KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 